This morning we are continuing in our series in Hebrews. Uh, We've had Simon's message, which the title I will speak very slowly so it doesn't get misunderstood. It was about a bloody oath that uh, God made with his people. And we'll talk a little more about how that just speaks of God's faithfulness and commitment to us. We had Brian's message about how the law just radiates and illuminates uh, our need of God's grace. Um, And then Dave's message last week, just uh, exhortation for us to accept the discipline that God gives in his love for us, to shape us, to make us more like Christ, and to endure those things. But let me read uh, today's passage, Hebrews 12, uh, 14 to 29. It's probably on the screen. Feel free to follow in your Bibles as you wish. I'm reading from the NIV. Make every effort, and this is God's word to us, and I want to say, Uh, that and you'll understand in a moment as I go through my message I want to say that as I read this this is God's word and you are hearing God speak to you in the presence of those here present are witnesses that you've heard what God is saying as I read his word not only are the people here witnessing it but all the saints of old and they are witnessing that you are hearing what God is saying as I read this make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root uh, grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights to his oldest son, uh, as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. But for us, you, meaning all of us here, you have come to the mountain that can be tu- uh, you have not come to a mountain that can be touched that is burning with fire, to darkness and gloom and storm, to a trumpet blast, to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. We haven't come to that mountain, but you, all of us here, have come to the Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You've come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus the mediator of a new covenant to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused who, was, uh, who warned them on earth, meaning at Mount Sinai, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that, at that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens." Let words once more indicate the removing of uh, what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Let's pray as we come to hear what God is saying to us in this passage this morning. 
Father, we thank you that you speak powerfully, you speak clearly. You're the same God in the New Testament as you are in the Old Testament. And Father, as we look at this tale of two mountains this morning, we ask, Father, that you'll speak powerfully to us, encourage us in our relationship with you and in our obedience to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the things that I'm aware of is that the police force gets a bad rep. They're, they're usually thought of and known particularly as the people who give out fines, who, uh, who uh, find the criminals and lock them up and, and then the press gives them a bad, uh, a bad rap when they find a bit of bad footage and there's a few bad eggs but most of them are doing a good job. But they're, they're, they're not only people who enforce the law. Part of their role is to be of community service, uh, to be involved in the community, to help the community, uh, just to be of support, to rescue and search parties and doing things that uh, are really positive in the community. But often they just get thought of as the people that are just giving uh, people a hard time when really they're just doing their job. And uh, this morning I've experienced, I want to share briefly how I've experienced both uh, the warning and the reminder that I need to obey what the laws of the land are. And secondly, I've also had an experience where I've experienced for those uh, who are in the police force are doing their job to be supportive, compassionate, caring, uh, and to uh, help uh, people uh, overcome a crisis in their life. About uh, six months into my job, about 15 years ago, so I I better date it a bit to make you all feel a little better uh, when you hear what happened. But six months into my job with Baptist World Aid, I had a uh, job uh, review the following morning on a Sunday morning. Um, I'd given myself two hours to get to the church, to have an hour to set up and to be all prepared. And uh, as I got to the top of my drive, I checked the Baptist handbook and the church time said 9.30. Well, I'd been told 10.30, so I suddenly lost an hour. And then as I was driving, uh, uh, heading across the hills, uh, the fuel light came on and I was running out of fuel and I thought, I've got a, uh, a review coming up uh, tomorrow morning. I've got to get there, so I'm going to have to stop. I've got to fill up. I can't run out of fuel and not arrive. So I stopped and filled up with fuel at Crafer's, planted the boot over Waverley Bridge Road. I did see a huge bolt of lightning come out of this parked car <laughs> and I thought... That's a little strange, and I reflected on that for the next hour as I drove to the church. As it turned out, I got to the church, and my time was right. I actually got there an hour early, and nobody else turned up for 45 minutes. So, um, But anyway, a couple of weeks later, I had an office in the Baptist Union, and uh, I had a a message from reception, and they said, the police are here to see you. And so I said, oh, come out. And I said, the guy was there, big guy, all the gear, gun, you know, microphones, batons, everything. I said, oh, come through to my office. So he followed me into his office. He sat down office across from my uh, desk and uh, just said to me, uh, where were you on such and such a Sunday at 8 o'clock in the morning? And I was in shock and I took a while to answer, hoping there was an answer that I could give that got me out of this. Um, But there wasn't. And... uh, He plonked an A4 photo of my car and he said, you've got two hours to get home and then you've lost your licence for six months. And then a couple of months later, my demerits hit and I 
got another uh, option of either losing my licence for a year or, uh, sorry, six months again, or I make sure that I don't lose more than two demerits in 12 months. So I took the latter option. Um, in fear and trembling, I lived in fear and trembling. My wife used to drop me off, uh, my first wife, Lynn, used to drop me off at a church and go and have a coffee. She wouldn't come and listen when I spoke at the church, but that's, that's not true. She was just... <laughs> The second experience I've had, that reminded me the police are there to remind us to obey the law and that the law is important for the good of everybody. The second experience is one where I saw the police in another light. And you'll see the relevance of this as we look at the tale of two mountains this morning, two experiences of God, two encounters with God. But there was one morning where we knew that my mother was, uh, was going down to Adelaide on the freeway to... Um, to get a new car and uh, she'd headed down the freeway and uh, we just assumed that she would pick it up and we would find we would catch up with her we couldn't she just seemed to disappear off the planet we couldn't find her we didn't know where she was we tried to ring her we couldn't contact her we rang I rang the police and I said look we just it's not like mum we don't know where she is what's happened and about half an hour later the police uh, uh, go, gave me a call and said, look, I'd like to meet you at your mother's house. So my first wife, Lynn, and I think my three primary age daughters came and my sister Meryl were there. He came and knocked on the door. He was very professional, caring, uh, very sensitive. Um, he said, we've, we've got some bad news for you. Uh, your mother uh, has been killed tragically in a car accident. She had made a wrong decision, snap decision on the freeway. She had been T-boned by an extra truck doing 120. Her car that was heading down to Adelaide ended up on the up track. That's how big the impact was. And he caringly just, he just was there with us as a presence of support and comfort. And he asked who, you know, who would be able to come and identify her. So he drove me down to Adelaide to where my mum's uh, body was and I identified her and he was caring and supportive as I spent some time just coming to grips with what happened. But two different aspects of uh, the way uh, we see uh, not only the role of police but I want to say that we see God in these two ways and often we locked in on the first way and the tale of two mountains this morning reminds us of the two legitimate valid images of the way God relates that uh, we need uh, to uh, hear and understand. And as a background to talking about these two mountains uh, that represent two different covenants and two different ways that are both valid of how God relates to us, there are two types of covenants. There's one which is a covenant of divine commitment. If you see the image on the screen, you can see the one-way uh, commitment where God, and this is the story, uh, this is the message that uh, Simon brought to us about the bloody oath where the uh, carcass of an animal was split and laid in two halves. And it was a common thing for the covenants of the day when a king made, a, made an agreement with another nation. If Trump made an agreement with China, then... Uh, both parties, Trump would walk between the carcass and the Chinese Premier would walk between the carcass and they're both saying, if we break this covenant, then let it be to us what has happened to this animal. But when God made a covenant with Abraham, he made a one-way covenant. Only God moved between the carcasses. He said, even if you break your side of the covenant, I am committed to you. 
Do you hear the word of faithfulness? He said it to the Jewish people. He's saying it to you this morning. God is a faithful God. He is committed to his people, the Jewish people of old, the Christians of today. He is committed to you whether you are faithful or not. But the two covenants that uh, we are looking at this morning are uh, are covenants of mutual obligation where um, God is saying uh, that uh, you have a responsibility. I've done what I have to do, then you need to respond uh, to the grace and love uh, and to what I have done for you. And as part of those covenants of mutual obligation, there was always, and this applies to both the covenants that we're looking at in a moment that represented by these two mountains, Mount Sinai and Mount Zion, there was always a preamble. You know, we talk about the Australian Constitution, they're always arguing about what do we put in, what do we say as a background to the things that are in the Constitution. At the time, even a normal covenant amongst kings and vassals or whoever it might have been, there was always a preamble. And in this case, God was saying, I am your God. God, I rescued you, therefore he gave the Ten Commandments and then he gave instructions about storing. Remember the Ten Commandments were stored in the ark and and they were told to remember them and obey them And and the people who were there who witnessed the Ten Commandments were being given and spoken were witnesses that they had heard what God had said. And part of the Ten Commandments was if you obey these commands, you'll have peace and harmony in your relationships. There won't be any poor in your community if you do the things that God has said uh, in the Ten Commandments and all the other um, uh, instructions that he gave the people on how to live. And uh, these commandments had blessings. If you did the right thing, then you would have the uh, harmony and, 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 and well-being in the community and the nation and uh, you w- they would be a light to the nations of how to live. Uh, we talk about the light to the nations is, is just the person of Jesus. Well, it is, but the light that the Jewish people were to be to the nations was as they obeyed all the things God said, it would show the world how to live and it, as it is exactly the same today, God's word shows the world how to live. And, uh, um, and the uh, Jewish people, as they were called to obey, were also the people who Jesus was born. And he is our redeemer and saviour who came through the Jewish people. So we're looking at two covenants this morning, the tale of two mountains, one at Sinai, one at Mount Zion, and two encounters with God. And one is the unapproachable God, Uh, And one is the approachable God. And Mount Sinai was an earthly mountain. The children of Israel gathered at the foot of the mountain. Um, It's the old covenant. We talk about the old and new covenant. It's the old covenant, two-way covenant, mutual obligation. I've rescued you from Egypt. I'm taking you to the promised land. When you get to the promised land, make sure you live in these ways if you want harmony and and, and you want uh, peace and justice and and, and a wholeness in, in the community and in family and relationships um, God was saying there's blessings and curses do the right thing you'll be blessed do the wrong thing you'll suffer the consequences and you would you would end up um, um, yeah just uh, the word curses (laughs) you'll be suffering in ways that you wished you weren't but remember that first single arrow of God's covenant with Abraham even if they broke that covenant Remember, the children of Israel were God's people. They disobeyed. They worshipped idols. They uh, 
desecrated the temple. Remember, God just kept sending prophets. He remained faithful to them, as he does to you, as you also disobey and do things at times that violate what God would want you to do. God is remaining faithful in that covenantal commitment, one-way commitment. Even if you blow it, you are still my children. But on this mountain, uh, as it says in the passage I read, the mountain uh, that can be touched and that is burning with fire, darkness, gloom, the trumpet blast to such a voice speaking words that those heard it begged that no further word be spoken because they could not bear what was commanded. Even an animal that touched the mountain must die. The sight was so terrifying that Mo Moses said, I'm trembling with fear. And the people said they didn't want God to speak directly to them. They said, please let Moses be the voice that we hear because we can't bear to hear uh, the voice of God. So it was a sense of a God to be feared and who was, uh, if you like, unapproachable at this point. But he was just making clear, I've rescued you from Egypt. I'm giving you the promised land. Here's the way to live. Don't be stupid. Do the right thing and, uh, and enjoy the blessings that, I, that I'm bringing to you. It's the mountain that leaves us with fear, shame, despair, guilt, terror, terror of losing my job when I was told that I'd broken the law um, in a way that I shouldn't have. Uh, just that whole sense, all it was is the law and it leaves you in that place. And Brian Ambrose's message a couple of weeks ago reminded us that these laws... Sure, they're the way to live, but they also, like neon lights, just light up the things in our lives that show us we need the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of God. And so we have that mountain number one, Mount Sinai, uh, that is a picture of a God that, is, uh, we, are, that we would be afraid uh, to approach. But the boat goes on to say uh, in verse... 21, speaking to you and me this morning, speaking to all God's people throughout history, but you have not, uh, but you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You've come to thousands upon thousands of angels uh, in, in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You've come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks better than the blood of Abel. All those things uh, that are just a message of God's grace and forgiveness and rescue that he uh, has, has brought uh, to us. And the great cloud of witnesses are cheering us on, both current, past and present. All the saints of old uh, are saying to us, hang in there, don't give up on your journey of faith. You are the people of God. You have been rescued. Live in ways that you will enjoy the blessings of the kingdom of God, that unshakable kingdom that we are a part of as believers. There's joy and peace uh, and harmony in relationships when we in the, in the life of the church and so often we hear of churches where, where sadly things happen that scatter people. Those things only happen because we don't listen to this voice from heaven that uh, God is saying these are the ways that you need uh, to live. The passages we've looked at so far uh, in the early part of the chapter that we read this morning the, uh, when God is saying, I've rescued you, I've given my life for you, um, uh, I am your God, whether you like it or not, he is our God, he's the God of 
everybody in the Adelaide Hills, everybody in Australia. He is the God of the whole world and he is speaking to everyone. And he's saying to us particularly as those who have come to faith in response to the rescue and of God's goodness to us, throw off the sin that hinders, fix your eyes on Jesus, persevere, accept God's discipline, endure hardship, strengthen your resolve uh, to honour and obey God uh, so that there will be healing uh, um, and, and wholeness among you, healing of relationships, healing of bodies if God chooses to do that, healing and wholeness that can come. And remember these things and do them and all of heaven and all the saints are are, are witnessing and and cheering us on uh, to respond to what God has done. I don't know whether you saw the the image uh, there with the Sinai on the top on the left where God had rescued them from Egypt and then it had an image of a servant uh, below and then it has the cross where Jesus in the person of where God in the person of Jesus come and rescued us and made us his children our only reasonable response is to love and serve that God by loving and serving each other, loving and serving in the community and doing the things that honour and and glorify God. And that's the appeal of this passage, the tale of the two mountains. One, God is at Mount Sinai, the unapproachable God, but, but then the Mount Zion where speaking from heaven of God's grace and all that Jesus has done. It says there is a command around that. Remember the covenant has different elements and the command says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance right as the oldest. For a moment's pleasure, Esau sold his, his birthright. As a child of God, as someone who's been brought into God's family, You have a choice where you'll either live in the goodness and the fullness of that, but for a moment's pleasure, you can sell your birthright. You can sell, if you like, the promise of peace and harmony in your family or in the church by by just doing things that just please yourself, that seek your own pleasure. If, if, If I had an affair, it would blow my family apart. My kids probably wouldn't talk to me. It would blow the church apart. I would, if you like, sell my birthright of what God intends for, for those who live in obedience to God. You live in the blessings of his kingdom. But if you disobey, you'll have consequences. You're still a child of God, but you'll live with the consequences of those things. And we need to hear that so that we don't abuse the grace of God. And then uh, just in, 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 in summarizing that, our obedience is not to earn our salvation, but to reflect our salvation. When the children of Israel obeyed God, they showed that they had been rescued from Egypt, that they were being taken to the promised land. They showed the world that they were the people of God. When we obey and serve one another in love and grace, as God is commanding us to do in this passage, then we, if you like, um, reflect the salvation that God has given us. And if we quench the spirit and disobey and don't, then... um, then we, we fail uh, to reflect what God has done for us. And here's the warning. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. 
the God who's speaking a word of grace and calling you to obedience, if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice shook uh, and shook the earth, but now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. And anything that can be destroyed will be, and the eternal kingdom of God that we are a part of uh, will survive all that, and we are part of that. Because of God's one-way commitment to us, we will be part of that eternal kingdom. That's what we are called to. Let's reflect it by the way that we live. Two mountains, a contrast between the awesome fear induced by the proclamation of the law at Mount Sinai, the same God who also is a, um, gives joyful proclamation of the gospel of grace, who brings the message of grace through the person of Jesus, who says, I've rescued you, you are my children, you belong to me, no matter what you do, you are my children. But he calls us to obedience if we are to live, if you like, in the blessings of being uh, his children. And so with the Mount Zion, the, the Saviour, the grace of God, the, all the angels celebrating, as we think about those things, since in chapter 4 of Hebrews, therefore since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven... Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Hear that invitation this morning. That's the word that we need to hear from Mount Zion the invitation to come boldly into God's presence, not with arrogance and pride, but with humility and uh, repentance as we, as we enter in uh, to the embrace of God. We have come to a living, approachable God. So let us live in ways that show that we are his children. And as the band comes, I just want to... Um, remind you that your obedience will reflect that you are a child of God. It won't make you a child of God or earn your salvation, but simply will show that you belong to your heavenly Father. Maybe you're still at Mount Sinai, weighed down by guilt and shame, failure, and your eyes haven't been opened to the amazing grace of God. Maybe God is still the big policeman in the sky and you feel like that he's just judging you and you know that you fail and we all fail daily in some way and Satan will accuse us. Maybe you're still at Mount Sinai hearing that word of condemnation. You know the familiar passage in Romans. There is therefore right now at this moment no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That's Mount Zion speaking. And if you uh, need to take that step and just thank God for his grace and let the shame and guilt fall away, then do that this morning. Maybe you've come to Mount Zion in the past and you've been abusing the grace of God. You're a rescued child of God and you've been, you've been uh, just doing things um, knowing that they're not honouring to God. And you say, I don't care because I know I'm forgiven. That's abusing the grace of God. You're still a child of God. You haven't lost your salvation. You're probably depressed and not, not in a great place if you know that's happening. But if that's something you've been doing, determine in your heart to focus on the grace of God afresh. And then in response to that, not as a guilt 
uh, trying to put things right. You can never do that. But as you hear that word of grace, come back to that place of joy and harmony and peace in your own heart and with others as you hear that word of grace and begin to live and honour that in the way you live. So God's invitation to you this morning is to come afresh to Mount Zion, to Christ himself, to the saints of all eternity who are cheering you on this morning. Come afresh uh, and enter into that grace again. Don't hesitate. Thank God now in your heart for his grace. Rejoice in it. Do not listen to the voices of condemnation, no matter what you've done, how terrible it is. Don't listen to those words, but hear the word of grace from Mount Zion, from God himself, a word of grace, a welcome uh, to the God who is faithful to you. We've come to Mount Zion. Let us rejoice beyond measure and live lives to honour him. Let's pray as the band leads us again as we continue together. Father, we thank you of the two mountains. They both reflect your character. They both reflect your grace and desire for what is best for us. But Lord, we've come as those who are your children, forgiven and, and part of your family. We pray, Father, that the power of your love, the power of your grace will transform our lives from one degree of glory to another, that we would live to reflect and be a light to the nations, a light to this community as we live in ways that honour you. And as we do that, we will speak of Christ and all he's, all he's done for every human being that wants to respond to him. May we be a light and a challenge to those around us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to a sermon from Hills Baptist Church. To find out more or to hear other great content, find us at hillsbaptist.com or on your podcast app.